I am Kari Randolph, artist extraordinaire, and you are listening to 11 O'Clock Comics. Christopher Neesman here, and this is 11 O'Clock Comics, episode 273. We're getting up there. It's a, it's a landmark episode coming up in a couple weeks, right? A couple weeks? Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah the right we go. Jesus, yeah. Yeah, is yeah. it going to be a... It's I, I say we go the other direction from what the comic companies do, and we do like a mini, a mini episode, little episode, like um, like a half-sized issue. Hmm. Yeah. I don't think that's going to happen, but no, I don't luck think with it. I don't think it's going to happen either. Uh, anyway, I am joined by hey everybody. I'm David Price, and I'm not the guy that everyone was expecting to hear because instead I am Flippa Dippa. <laughs> You're not Flippa Dippa. Where did that come? Where did Flippa Dippa come from? <laughs> no idea. No, you are not Flippa Dippa. You are Jason Wood. And this episode of uh, 11 O'Clock Comics is brought to you by Discount Comic Book Service. That's right. It's DCBService.com where you can get Wumba discounts on all of your comics. It is uh, one of the one of the best comic book services in the world. You can pre-order everything that you want and they will uh, deliver on, uh, on the schedule that you want, whether it's monthly, um, uh, twice a month or every week and uh, you get savings uh david what are the savings like uh wumba well yes which is what every uh 35, 30, 35 to, to 75 percent yeah i was just gonna say yeah 75 i think and uh and if you are a a, a first time uh subscriber not, not that it's not a subscription service if you are a first time customer at uh, discount comic book service uh, you can uh enter a code there on your first registration and get an extra eight percent on top of that 35 to 75 percent off and david that code is what E-O-C-8. That's right. I was actually going to have Jason say it because he never gets to say <laughs> E-O-C-8. But, uh, yeah, you can get a little extra off, and uh, uh, you've got digital previews, so you can go through everything that's coming out, and not just comics. It's apparel and uh, merchandise, anything that would appear in previews, you can get through uh, Discount Comic Book Service. And they're, they're good people and good service, so go and uh, and use them and tell them that we sent you. Because then they they like us even more. Um, what's uh, let's jump right into a drink roll call. Um, Jason, why don't you kick us off? 
Well, I mean, you're taking your uh, you're taking your own uh, worst nightmare and making it true by having me lead off. Mm-hmm. But you know what? Actually, I'm not gonna mess you up this week. I know you were expecting me to say Dr. Pepper or maybe water, but since you're the producer this week, Mio. you're taking on the extra burden. Mm-hmm. I have decided to actually imbibe this oh, evening. Oh, you're the best. So I am drinking fresh out of the wine cellar. A little bit of Meritage. Uh, It's a California Meritage by uh, a vineyard uh, called Estancia. Uh, It's 2009. Uh, It is uh, about uh, 60-some percent cab, about 30 percent Merlot. Merlot, people. And the last 10 percent, a a Petit Verdot. Oh, a blend. Yeah, nice blend, really smooth, um, and it's pretty reasonably priced. You can get it, mm-hmm. I think, widely. It's like uh, you should probably be looking to pay around, like, say, like twenty-two to twenty-four bucks. I'd say okay. a bottle. Yeah, nice yeah. bottle. Yeah, yeah, not like uh, super cheap, but but for the smoothness of it and the the drinkability, uh, it's uh, yeah, it's it's definitely not overpriced. So yeah. Cool. So there you go, buddy. I'm going to drink some wine tonight. I might might even have the whole bottle over Wow. Just so you'll stay on the line longer than the two hours you're going to cut us off at. Yeah, two two hours, hour 45, pal. (laughs) Uh, uh, David, how about you? Uh, I am on the rocks uh, drinking some Buffalo Trace in my – and literally on the rocks according to the the package this little set came in in my new new glass and and my my – Sphere of ice that that uh, it, it's a pretty neat little setup. I was quite giddy when I when I saw it, so I had to have it. So yeah, so uh, whiskey on the rocks, nice. And uh, and Jason, <laughs> I uh, I'm breaking my own rule. No oh, way, dude. Yeah. Yep. What? Marta and I uh, uh, rededicated ourselves to uh, the primal living. I'm I'm running three miles every morning, and and I I was like. I was talking to Martin. I was like, should I lie to him tonight? She's like, you do what you think you need to do. And then so I'm just like, nah, I can't do it. So I'm having coffee tonight. Damn, what is going on in the world? Wow. I know. I know. It's, I, it's little, you know, self-experimentation on, on you know, I'm going to, I'm probably going to go like two weeks on the wagon and just see, see what happens weight-wise. Are you drinking, uh, do you, are you an almond, almond milk fan? Um. Not a huge almond milk fan. Um, I'll, I'll drink soy milk before I'll, before I'll drink almond okay. milk. I'm drinking a lot of um, I'll drink like coconut water after uh, after oh, my I can't run. Stand it. That yeah, stuff I know is it's awesome. good for you. I just can't oh, stand it. Oh, it's so good. It's so yeah. good. But uh, yeah, so so we'll see. I kind of hit a plateau on the fitness um, um, regime. So uh, I'm gonna try and mix things up and and uh, go totally totally primal and uh, and up the running a little bit. So I'm up to about 15 miles a week. Yeah, that's great, yeah. man. So nice. That's cool. That's cool. Um, so anyway, um, enough of that. People are probably bored hearing about coffee and running. So let's uh, talk about what we are here to talk about, and that is some comic books. And I actually have some stuff to talk about this week that I'm Look at really you. excited nice. about. Like, like have, you know, it, you, get, you don't read comics anymore. You know, I you know. get in the doldrums of like, eh, you know, and then it's like, oh, Age of Ultron, this is kind of interesting. Oh, suck. <laughs> um, and, and so wait, I, wait, wait. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Did you read Ten AI, the the sequel sort of? Thing. Why would why would I do that after okay, after, after they crammed um, ten pages of of primer for the next event down my throat? Okay, 
I don't want to derail you. I'm not reading it, David. I oh yeah, I'm not either. Okay, I'm just no. I I'm, read, I'm, I'm I, done. I, I read Ten AI. It's written by Mark Wade, and it actually is really good. It's it's a reboot of I guess I guess a reboot, but it's it's a it's a retelling of the origin of Hank Pym from when he was a wee wee lad, and and I I really really enjoyed it, and huh? and it it really did take the taste the distaste of the prior 10 issues from age of Ultron, yeah. it it, it kind of why I, I i i'm 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 meant to be positive so i'm going to get off of of that cool. and, get off. and 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 say that i had a really nice conversation with uh with our buddy ron richards post um uh image expo and hearing how excited he is about a bunch of the projects coming out, I, I was just like, you know what? Why am I farting around trying to twist my arm to like comics that that I'm probably gonna walk away feeling feeling you know not fulfilled reading? I've I've pretty much decided for the majority of stuff I'm gonna read the, this next year. I'm gonna try everything that's coming from Image. Oh, I'm, let's see it. I'm really, really excited, and um, I'm going to pull um, events and and jump off here and uh, first thing and talk about a book that I love. I know it's a really big shock to everyone out there that has listened <laughs> oh, for Lazarus. for a while. Lazarus was so good. <laughs> I was waiting for you to gush over it. Oh my god, it was so good, and it it kind of crystallized for me why why you can have a creator that you really like their work. And the, something that they'll do for for the big two, you like, but that's about where it stops. You know, I really liked his Punisher work. Yep, I didn't love his Punisher work. Not not like I I I love this project. And you get into uh, into the back matter, and and we'll talk about Lazarus the 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 plot in a minute, but the thing that really grabbed me is that after I read this this meaty comic book that had a lot of world building, it had some great character development, it gave you just enough information to to have questions that you want to come back and have answered. So after this great setup first issue that was beautifully drawn, then you get into like was was a four to six pages of of thick back matter talking about the the origin of of the project you know how they how they put the project together where the inspirations were um a lot of the you know the pitfalls and the the creative process that 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 led to this you know thing that you're holding in your hands and it just struck me it's like wow you don't get that at the back of age of ultron or the back of the Punisher, or a back of an issue of you know whatever. I mean, this this is a comic that these people are really pouring themselves into, and I was like, okay, that demands my attention. That's why I enjoy this so much, and it was it was great. I mean, have you guys read Red Lazarus yet? Yes, sir. Yeah. What'd yes. you think? I I thought it was fantastic, and it reminds me of. Why I wish Rucka was either willing or able to write more comics than he yeah. does. Yeah. You know, I. I mean, absolutely. yeah, it was. It's. It was amazing. I, 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 you know, it's. It's funny. I, I don't think. I mean, all joking aside, I. You know, obviously, you're a huge Rucka fan, and 
and I, I was unable to be on the show that we had Greg on a mm-hmm. month or two back. Um, although I thought it was a great, a great episode. Uh, but you know, as I think about it, I think that because um, I wasn't really much of a DC guy, I really didn't know Greg that well until sort of like we all started becoming friends. And then I feel like I've gone back and read most of his mm-hmm. at least seminal work, and uh, including Queen and Country, and you know, and, and all that good stuff. Um, and and he, I don't know that he's ever written something that I have not found to be exemplary writing uh, now that's i say that meaning there have been some things maybe i necessarily haven't totally loved in terms of like maybe who he was paired up with on art or the the genre but everything i've, I've read of his i think is really masterfully crafted he's an excellent writer in all both in dialogue characterization uh, pace he's very good at pace which i think yes. is a lost art yeah. and um and lazarus is more of the same i i think um to your to your original point um it's another feather in the cap of you know image it's it's yeah. um i'm going to talk about a book a little bit tonight too another image book that just launched and it's uh it's i they're just they just get it right now man they just uh you know they're just they've created this this petri dish where creators both new and old can go and do what they want how they want when they want, and it's seemingly the hit rate is just through the roof. Hit rate is really good, and we're and we're leaving out the uh, um, the other half of the, of the creative team. Michael Lark is the artist on on Lazarus, and it's some of the best stuff I've seen um, from him in a long time. And this is this is a creative team that it's not the first time they work together. Um, some of some of Greg's first first work and some of Michael Lark's first mainstream work was on Gotham Central which is one of my one of my all-time favorite comics mm-hmm. it's 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 a, a comic that uh, probably stayed around as long as it it probably could um, but I wish it had continued to to run and, and go and go and go but uh, this is a, a creative team from Gotham Central that's that's reunited and they um, you know once again read the back matter it talks about how um, they would stay in touch and and go out to to dinners with each other whenever Greg would come through uh, Texas where where Michael lives and and he said he had this germ of an idea for the story and 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 Michael was like I want to draw that and uh, you know just to kind of talk about it a little bit um, big reason this is uh, hitting my sweet spot is that it's it's a it's a you know, dystopian you know post um, not post-apocalyptic, but it is definitely a, a dystopian um, tale of in the in the not so distant future uh, about uh, an Earth where things have gone um, terribly, horribly wrong, and um, there are it, it's it's building on the Occupy concept and a lot of things that you know post um, financial. Uh, or great recession, uh, financial collapse, um, a future where if that had gone full bore, um, if if we had not come back from the cliff of that, this is a future that it may have turned into where you know a very few um, control almost everything, and it's turned into a um, very um, bleak future where um, the the families um, so basically the the families that that control most of the money in the world um, have become the the ruling class of of the world and yeah I appreciate Greg uh, changing my family's name uh, mm-hmm. from my request to something else <laughs> I didn't want to get spammed you know 
Yeah, appreciate that. <laughs> and our and our protagonist is uh, is a member of one of the families, and uh, and she and he talks about it. He's like he's like every time he now questions himself whenever he uh, comes up with these characters, and it's he he is known for writing a lot of a lot of female characters mm-hmm. and uh and he he molded this one over and it just it wasn't going to be a man and uh uh the the character's name is is forever and uh and she is a member of one of these families but she also um possesses a uh particular skill that uh, that comes in useful in this uh in this very violent uh, future and uh you know, read it man the world building in it and it's not just it's not just from greg uh it talks about the stuff that that michael lark did in figuring out you know how things were going to look in a future where things have gone bad but there had still been technological progress it's it's really smartly put together and it's going to it's going to be a big story you can tell they're not this is not going to be a six issue and out series they've got they've got a lot of things that they want to talk about in this uh, agreed and and some of our our um listeners may be surprised that i liked the book given that uh they people that know me know that i was as anti uh occupy as it could humanly pos- could as one could humanly possibly be mm-hmm. um but again like i think this here is it's a you know this is a fictionalization that that takes from you know some of the realities of of a certain point in our time, but you know that doesn't just because I, I had an issue with the real Occupy movement doesn't mean that I can't appreciate uh, the way that you know that instance in history couldn't tend to out into more interesting sort of extreme ways, and that's and, what and, he's doing and, here. And this is not. Uh, a, a, a direct response to the Occupy sure. movement yeah, is yeah, the way yeah. is the way I felt about, it. and and it talks about it in the back matter, which once again is is so great because it makes you want to go back and read the comic, which I did, and you pull even more out. It's and we were we were at this show, we were in New York during the because I remember we went across, we were in Times Square, and we uh and we crossed the 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 street, and then whenever we came back, we couldn't because it was walled off and mm-hmm. and tons of protesters. Well, it's Greg. Greg and his son were at that that same um, that same time in in New York during New York Comic Con, and it was really that event of the near riots and the marches and a conversation that he had with with a friend in New York that you know does a lot of what you do is it works in financials and and that guy was just like you know people don't realize how close we were to it all going down the drain. It was. It was closer than a lot of people would like to admit, and and that was, I think, the genesis of of a lot of uh, of this story. So it's not it's not pro or anti Occupy. I think that's just a lot of the uh, original uh, inception of the of the of the idea. So it's taking real world stuff and and doing what good authors do. Um, it 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 takes take something real world and it you know kind of hyperventilates on it and goes okay well what if if this gets pushed to you know a maximum you know a maximum point and that's uh you know that's what he did with this so i i loved it i can't wait to read more of it yeah for sure for yeah. sure i agree the art is uh it's yeah i'm, I'm used to lark with um Stefano Guariano and and seeing him inked by other people, but there are pages here where he he does the the art and letters uh, on Lazarus and um, it was it Lucas does uh, 
the colors, but um, Arcus does colors. But mm-hmm. there are um, it the art just it it I think it fits the story, it fits the setting, the, the characters um, are great. I just I I am really impressed with the entire package, and 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 yeah, no, like you guys, I'm I'm on board and looking forward to to more. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Cool. Thank you, Greg. You the man, Greg. little San Franciscan girl. I can hear my mother wailing and a whole lot of scraping her chairs. I don't know what it is, but there's definitely something going on upstairs. Um, actually, what I I read real recently, um, and I think I know Chris mentioned this, and I'm not sure if um, I'm not sure if Jason read it or or read well recently at least. But uh, I finally got around to reading the Homeland Directive from oh, Top sure. Shelf yep. mm-hmm. uh, from uh, Robert Vendetti and Mike Huddleston, who most of us would know from uh, Butcher Baker. Righteous Maker, and it dawned on me uh, well after I finished, well after the eight issues of, of Butcher Baker finished, that uh, I first um, witnessed Huddleston's work when I was uh, reading the well, short-lived, I guess, is 32, 33 issues of Harley Quinn. He uh, he was the artist after um, Carl Kessel and, and the Dodsons left the book, but um, there's a lot of pages. There are many pages on in the Homeland Directive where uh, it's it's reminiscent of of Butcher Baker, where he kind of. Um, I mean, there there are pages where from one panel to the next, because of the setting and who pe- the people that are talking or in the panels in the different locations, you can. Uh, he changes his style of art, and it could be gray wash and and uh, and tones, and then there's um, scratchy painter looking panels and it immediately following on 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 uh, on the same page but it was it's a pretty funky story um i uh, cuz it it you're not sure where really it may be going with with the whole um that we start off in the white house and then um the cdc is involved and then there's a whole um uh there there's this, the departments involved have to do with uh, your privacy and and similar to the whole NSA thing going on right now. So there's just a whole lot going on, and it is it's. I guess I'd say it's it's. I don't want to. It's fast paced. I don't. Wanna, I don't want to say it's a quick read because it's it's a hundred and thirty some odd pages. So it's 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 an original graphic novel. I I read it um, thanks to the Comicsology, and it was um, it went by pretty quickly and and it was because just of 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 how it's moving and it all it does it's not like it takes place over the course of of months or even weeks it 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 happens the story progresses relatively quickly but um you know whether or not there's anything that uh that 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 is believable or or um steeped in in nonfiction it it's just it is a really entertaining 
story. The art is fantastic. Huddleston, I mean, he pretty much in my eyes these days can can do no wrong. I don't I don't care what he's drawing. It's just you can tell it's him and and he makes it work. I mean, the characters they they look fantastic. Nobody Nobody looks the same. You can tell exactly who, who everybody's supposed to be. He, he doesn't seem to be taking any shortcuts when 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 he's putting ink on the page. Um, and and Vendetti's story is is I really enjoyed it. I, I didn't know if I would if I'd really be into it with with the uh, the different government agencies all involved in the story, um, or whether or not it would be if there would if there's any heavy handedness as far as someone's political slant or their agenda and, and if they were mocking uh any specific administration that wasn't an issue at all actually the president's face is even you never see the president's face so it could pretty much be a post 9-11 story told at any time and uh you know you don't get any indication that that um the president appears to be slow-witted so you know take that as whatever administration you may want to feel is represented by that it's it, it's just he's a faceless character but it he's not stupid and and uh and i appreciated that because there, there are plenty of stories out there where people can take their shots at whoever is in charge and and it, it depending on how it's told or who's reading it or who's writing it that may take the reader out of the story um but there was no no indication in that as far as that goes but i it it seemed to wrap up, I guess, kind of neatly. It was uh, had a little bit of a bow on it, um, but as far as the ride to get there, I I was thoroughly entertained. I enjoyed it a whole lot. I, I would That's definitely recommend it. Would it would have been you know if, if I didn't talk about it now, it would have been my in your travels for tonight. I, I nice. definitely would would recommend it. It's only a couple of years old. Homeland mm-hmm. Directive, check it out. Nice. I, yeah. I, I, yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. I thought, um, the, I, I'm kind of like you. I enjoyed the ride. I love the art. Um, the, the resolution of the story seemed a little too quick. And mm-hmm. it was like the, it almost felt like, oh shit, we're running out of pages. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree with that. Yep. And, I think it could have yeah. been like 168 pages instead of 100, you know, whatever. Like, yeah, had, yeah. yeah. It, it's like you turn the page and you're like, wait, did they just did they just figure everything out? And right. then you turn back and it's like, you know, a lot of exposition. You're like, oh yeah, they just laid everything out. Where, mm-hmm. where did that and come from? And now they're being chased. And yeah. <laughs> that whole chase scene is all, it, it's all two-page spreads as, as they're being chased and... um and then things are really starting to to come to a head. But even even during that, as as quick as it's moving, and they're trying to escape, and they're firing back, and this, it it even then, it's all like this. This seems like we're at the we're at the fifty two minute mark of an hour long show, and we need to make sure everybody gets to the end at at, at the same time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so you know, it was uh, it, it was just a little execution issue in the in in the in the plot and, and writing there, uh, looked beautiful. And it was, it was, it was almost a great book, but still, I mean, worth in it's, um, top, top shelf. Top shelf. Yeah. 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 So uh, wait for a, a top shelf, um, sale, like the, a $3 sale whenever they do that at the, usually at the end of the year, isn't it? 
Uh, uh, yeah. Well, they yeah. I don't know if it, they they seem to. I mean, I feel like they have it twice a year, maybe. But yeah, I they guess. have. Yeah. Well, next time that Top Shelf does one of their their three day sales or three three dollar sales, um, pick it up for sure. It's totally worth it. Art alone, it's totally worth it. Yeah, 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 for sure. Better move fast. I got a travel life. Um, I have a little anecdote I want to share because uh, uh, it, it's got a comp, kind of cool couple little tendrils. So um, you guys know that uh, David's been begging me to check out the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles cartoon that uh, launched this year for some time. And I kept being like, hey, <laughs> not really my thing. Because uh, really, because again, when you have a house with three sons, um, the cartoons you watch are inevitably the ones that they're into. And they just uh, try as they might, they just uh, seemingly have no interest in uh, G.I. Joe, Transformers, or the Turtles, which is a crushing blow to a father from the group in the 80s, but it is what it is. Um, but as I, as you guys know, a couple of weeks ago, we we had a little breakthrough, and we, for some reason, actually managed to, to sit down and watch an episode. And they loved it, as did I, and so we've pretty much been watching them you know, at every mm-hmm. every chance we get DVRing the reruns and stuff, which has opened the floodgates for them to now all be about, about the turtles. Uh, they have, uh, they procured the new rooftop game for their iPods. They, uh, they, uh, they've bought, uh, 10 action figures, uh, on now. And, uh, and they have been clamoring to read about the turtles. Um, especially my, my four year old, uh, who, uh, obviously can't read himself, but very much likes when, uh, as as I think probably most kids his age do when when I or or my wife read to him, so for the last few weeks he has been asking me if he could have his own Turtles comics, and of all the properties to ask that obviously Turtles is a great one because uh, we have a lot of freaking Turtles comics that have come out over the years. <laughs> so I had been all ready to order some from in stock and add a couple to the pull list for. You know my DCBS or, or order, um, but the little bugger was was uh, impatient, and so this past weekend I, I went down to his room to get him up on uh, on Friday morning. I was I took the day off because it was the day after Fourth of July, and uh, and I went up and got him. And like the first thing he says to me is, "Dad, can we go get some of uh, my own Turtles comics?" So of course, <laughs> when your four year old asks you this. You, I was like, you oh, go get God. turtles comics. I'm like, dude, we are on it. I'm like, we were going to go to breakfast and we're going to go to turtles. So, in spite of living in this town for uh, a little more than five years now, um, you know, I have never been to an LCS nearby. Um, wow. The few, the few times I've gone to an LCS in recent years in the area would have been either, you know, Midtown or Hanley's in the city when I'm there for work or uh, like Wild Pig, you know, down in Central Jersey, just because I know those guys and. And, uh, you know, a couple times a year I go down there for a sale or something. Um, so I got on comic book, you know, comic shop finder and searched, went to the web and typed in my zip and, and uh, found a shop that was uh, actually pretty close to here in a town called Wayne, New Jersey. And I took my little man to a place called Zap Comics, Z-A-P-P. Nice. Never been there before. Um, pretty cool, you know, very, I would say pretty typical of a, you know, of, of a well-run clean LCS, very small, you know, small storefront, again, pretty typical of a, 
like a non-major LCS in a, in a suburban area, but, but very clean, well-lit, lots of cool memorabilia, you know, tons of action figures and uh, statues and, and all kinds of cool things. So it was definitely a sight for the eyes. I definitely spent a lot of time walking around looking at the, the, the tchotchkes and whatnot. But, you know, we went there with a purpose. So um, since it was a, an LCS, though, they, they, you know, I didn't know what I was going to find there. So the first thing we did is went to the new the new comics rack and picked up a couple of the I guess latest um uh you know issues from IDW. Excuse me, but there were only like four or five on the wall from the last like month or two. So we then just rolled over to the to the back issues and like most LCSs, you know, the back issues vary from uh you know from from all ages and types. And so the TMNT back issue bin was was you know, just a mix of things ranging from, you know, very old school, you know, 80s style stuff to, to you know, stuff that's recently come out. So we literally just pulled out a stack of them and I just didn't concern myself with price or vintage or continuity and just started showing my son, you know, the covers and just the ones that he thought were cool. We put aside and then I bought a bunch. Nice. So we came home and I said, here, buddy, let's pick one to read. And he pulls one out of the stack to read. And of course the first thing I do is see who the creators are. Well, he pulled out um, issue number 13 of Tales of the TMNT, mm-hmm. which is from Mirage Publishing. Wow. Came out in 2004, uh, 2005, July 2005 cover date. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking at it. It's a cool cover with the four turtles sitting atop a big like gargoyle-esque like, statue in the city. Very cool. Um, and I'm looking at the credits. And who is credited as the penciler? But none other than our friend and one of my favorite writers on this planet, but Rick Remender. <laughs> and at first I thought maybe it was a typo because I knew from having known Rick and talked to him that you know, he did some inking back when he was first getting into business. Sure. Uh, he was uh, – you know, his, his roommate at the time was a penciler at Marvel and he did some of his inking gigs and did a couple of issues of Avengers and the like. Yeah. So Karen, I knew he had those Karen, chops. Karen Dwyer, right? Yeah, Karen Dwyer. Exactly. Yeah. But I, I, I honestly have to say, I, in all the years I've known Rick and, and as big a fan of it, I didn't know that he ever was a published penciler of, of stuff other than his own. So sure enough, he was credited. I checked Comic Book DB, and yep, sure enough, it wasn't a, a mistake. He actually was the penciler. Got on Twitter, and I said, Rick, is, is this really true? And he wrote back saying, yeah, I did like four issues back in the day. So lo and behold, the first issue of my son's my four-year-old son's comic book collection was drawn by Rick Remender. That's awesome. So, so I think what is that? Cool. Yeah, it's yeah. yeah Rick, cool. Rick's really a a, a undervalued artist. He could yeah. He could, thing, he could, dude. Yeah. yeah, and that's the thing. Like, like he, he has chops. Like, oh yeah, like, he's good. Like, there are plenty of other guys we know in the business that have gone on to be like really good writers, and and some are writer artists. Some you know maybe. And and you know some of them guys like uh, like Kent or you know or Terry Moore or or Jeff Lemire are excellent artists too. But and they've continued to do both. But there aren't too many guys that like go full bore writing that you can look back at their stuff when they maybe drew a few issues and think like that was really good. Like for example, we you know we know that Bendis back in the day toiled with being a, a little bit of an illustrator. But you know I think he would be the first to admit that I don't think his that wasn't his calling. You know writing was his calling. So I was so blown away. By the quality of Rick's pencils, I mean they really it was it was well paced, good yeah. storytelling, nice panel layouts. I mean I was like wow, like really surprised me because you know this was only I mean in the grand scheme of things this is only eight years ago and this and is yet, and this this was from Mirage though right yeah. mm-hmm. okay okay mm-hmm. 
yeah, what was the, what was the was it the 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 Santa Claus book with know, with Jerry that. Duggan and Posehn and Hillary? Um, oh, last uh, Christmas. Last Christmas. Uh, yeah, last Christmas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he drew that and Hillary it, inked it. Yeah. Uh, okay. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, that was Hillary inking Rick and that's so cool. and then Rick had done it was, was that the Led to Hillary doing some fear agent work, I guess. Yes, yes, oh, cool. yeah, okay. absolutely. Um, and then he did. Yeah, last Christmas, you're right. And he drew. Yep, he drew <laughs> off issues of that. He drew the Bruce Campbell. Yeah, he drew Captain Dingleberry. <laughs> uh, the the Bruce Campbell one. The um, man with the screaming brain. Man with the screaming brain. Yes, he drew. <laughs> he drew that, and it's and you'll whenever you see. Rick's Rick style in those and and mix that with Hillary. I mean Rick has a kind of like a a I don't want to call it an EC style, but there's a lot of EC influence yeah, in his art. Yeah. I mean mm-hmm. it's 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 yeah, it's I you know one thing I don't want to call it cartoony, but I mean there's there's a lot of EC in his in his artistic style. Mm-hmm. He mm-hmm. does a lot of funny, he does a lot of, you know, you know, pushing the uh uh, the bounds of reality and you know he things you know they look like they look like comic books you know i yeah. I, I like rick's artistic style a lot i wish he did more and uh, i told him that mm-hmm. uh next con that we're at together i'm gonna have him draw on one of my jam pieces just because I, I didn't want to get the skills you know oh, yeah no, it's, it's real cool man like i would love i mean seriously like just because you know i just love his work i, I would love to um, Rick, if you're listening, or maybe we can get you to listen by telling you we talked about you, um, <laughs> dude. If, you know, if you have any of these pages, like I would love it. Like my boys, <laughs> like they, they're so into certain things. So I really, one of the things I'm gonna try and do this year is get a few OA pages of stuff they love, like you know something from the Adventure Time comic, something from the regular show comic, mm-hmm. something from a Turtles comic. You know things to frame in their in their bedroom because they're getting a little. You know my my two older boys share a room. Not because they have to, but because they insist on it. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's getting to the time where we refresh their room because they're getting to be a little bit bigger. Mm-hmm. And I'd love to put some framed, you know, just some framed art pieces on the walls. Um, well, you know, and, Hillary, Hillary did work on SpongeBob SquarePants. They, they don't like SpongeBob. I'm joking. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but, no, so it was real cool. And I got to say also, as a, as a final TMNT addendum, um, our buddy Chris Campbell mentioned to me that uh, – uh, he reminded me that I guess the the comic f- the, that's directly uh, analogous to the current cartoon in that continuity actually Ooh. came out today. Did it? W- yeah. So oh. I'm going to add that to the pool list this, from this month forward. Hopefully, uh, Christina can can uh, can add uh, you know this issue into my next box. I'm hoping. Um, and then David, I don't know if you we were looking to watch a movie on uh, our streaming, and we came across. Uh, the TMNT movie from like three or four years ago. A couple ago? years ago, yeah, that was mm-hmm. a beautiful movie. It wasn't. I didn't. You know, we 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 started watching it sight unseen. I didn't realize it was a cartoon. I didn't realize. Yeah. Um, and it's really quite different. Again, like in tone, it's much more dark. It's a much darker tone, and it's kind of this weird, almost like Batman: The Dark Knight meets <laughs> Turtles kind of thing, yeah. um, where like Raphael is. It's like takes place in the future. Shredder's dead. Um, April O'Neil and Casey are living together. Um, the turtles are kind of broken up. I guess uh, Splinter sent 
uh, Leonardo off to the he sent him off into the world to become a better leader, and he's living in the into the in the jungles and the rainforest. And then um, you know, uh, Mikey is is a is a like a children's party clown, and uh, uh, Donatello's an like a Geek Squad IT support guy, and. Um, and, and then, like a new a new villain crops up, you know, like which which of course brings them all back together. And Raphael, in the meantime, is this metal suit clad, um, like Avenger, uh, like you know, vigilante. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, it was pretty freaky, dude. Like, cause it, it definitely doesn't fit into any any of the continuity of the like current cartoon or even what I know of the comics. But but it right. was cool, and and the boys dug the shit out of it. And I hadn't I didn't even remember it came out. Like, didn't they just pretty recently do a uh, is that the most recent Turtles movie, or was there like a? Yes. Okay, that was I'm it. Sure. Okay. Yeah, because I think Kevin Smith is involved. Um, okay. There are I, I I don't remember the voices off the top of my head now, but yeah, no, it was on. We might have even we might well, have rented from, from um, the, the homeboy from uh, the the real nerdy guy that's in um, that uh, he does a lot of cartoon voices, but he also is an actor. He did uh, he was um he was a uh, uh, Mc uh, McLovin in um. In super bad, he does. Oh, oh, and he was in Kick Ass. Yeah, exactly. That kid. He was. He does one of the voices. I think he does uh, Michelangelo's voice. (laughs) Um, But uh, yeah, no. Like I said, so it's been a very turtle centric few weeks for our household. That's very cool. Um, Fun. Yeah, yeah, real fun though. Definitely. And I know it's nice whenever you can kind of nerd out with with your boys. Yeah. Well, there is nothing. I mean, again, like I said on Facebook today, my 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 oldest is is ten and. He's he's not he's like almost to the point now where he he's lost like all his little boy you know like he doesn't like looks wise he's he looks like mm-hmm. a little man now but uh, but when you're four year old when the first thing he says to you come out of bed is daddy when can I go get my own comics you're like oh boy you're like uh-huh. oh. and I have to say it was a shock to go and pay full retail I spent seventy dollars on turtles comics in that store <laughs> because yeah. it was but you know how these LCSs work. I'm mean, not a regular, so he yeah. gave five percent off, which again, you know, he didn't have to give me anything, yeah. but right. but you know, cover price for the stuff off the shelves, which is twice what I'm used to paying, and then on top of that, stuff like the Mirage comic, I think was like six bucks because you know they marked that shit up in a lot of places, and and I, I mean, again, had it been had I been looking for it specifically, there's no one on earth I would have bought that, but again, you know, you tug at the heartstrings, your your four year olds dying to have comics, you gotta do have, it. You take them and you go spend seventy bucks on Turtles comics. You know, yeah, that's funny. That <laughs> yeah, just try try to tell them that you know, no, I'll I'll add it to my order. Maybe you know, it'll come next month when my books come. That's they they ain't hearing it. He's like, he's like, he's like, Dad, I'm sorry, but I'm not going to care about it by then. <laughs> well, that's true too. Yeah, but <laughs> you know, four. I've got a short attention span. I've got to get. Hit up some EOC live tweets. Uh, sure, we uh, hold on. Uh, let's see. Uh, hold on. They know when we record. I put the call out. It's all good. Uh, let's see. <laughs> um, Chris Vreend. I hope I'm saying your name right, Chris. I'm sorry. It's V V R I E N D. So that'd be Vreend, right? Vreend. Yeah. Vreend. Oh yeah, friend. Vreend. Okay. Uh, he would like to know how do you stay positive. When discussing and thinking about issues raised regarding comics, 
Well, I should probably field this one. Go for it. Terribly. Um, <laughs> Depending on how much drink we have in us. Mm-hmm. It's, well, t- it's 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 hard, but you you I, I think that you just try and uh, you try and catch yourself whenever you start going off into yeah. a into a crazy you know rage filled rant. And uh, I think things are cyclical, right? I mean, yeah. I think if we look, if someone looked back to at all two hundred and seventy two episodes of the show, um, you know, there were probably moments where we've all gone on tilt and would like to take back some of the oh yeah sure emotion that we had. Um, you know, as I think I said a week or two ago to another question, I, I kind of am of the mind right now that we're in a pretty awesome time in comics because yeah. I just think there's a lot of quality coming from from the major publishers, a lot of quality coming from the mid-tier guys. There's there's tons of access to things through Kickstarter and and digital for you know I feel like it's it's a time when 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 creators after years of struggling in the, in the direct market have finally found a, a way to get their stuff seen by people. Mm-hmm. Not saying they're making great livings doing it, but you know that barrier of getting quality stuff seen by people is is not there anymore. So I just feel like it's a pretty yeah. good time. So I haven't had a lot of vitriol, and for me, one of the ways I've gotten out of of having those those sort of more negative rants is I stopped paying attention to the minutia of the business side of comics. Yep. Right. I just yep. I just stopped worrying about the the monthly sales and stopped worrying about market share and 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 who's who and and uh, and while I as a as a as a as a business person, as a person who's an investor by trade, I certainly don't profess to not have an interest in that kind of thing in general anymore. But just I found that that not not worrying about it when it comes to my hobby is a surefire way to make myself enjoy the hobby that much more. Yep, exactly. And if you're like you know the the industry as a whole, you can get you can get upset about it. Um, uh, comic book fans, I think, n- notoriously um, will get bent out of shape if things aren't going the way that they want them to and and they never go the way that you want them to but you know i try and i try and remember a lesson from from what happened in the 90s is there were a bunch of us that that left the hobby with this opinion that there were no good comics to read or things weren't going how we wanted them to well those of us that did myself included for a few years made made a big mistake because there were still a lot of really good comics being made they just weren't the comics that we were used to reading so right. the lesson i learned is that if you don't like the comics that you're reading set them down and move on to something else because somebody there's too many good creative people that love comics and love making comics somewhere somehow and it may be a mini comic somewhere in the back of of a a weird bookstore that you've never walked into before but somewhere someone is making a great comic that you need to read and uh and that's the lesson you know i learned and that's how i try and, and stay positive is saying you know what if i'm if i'm negative it means i'm reading the wrong comics Nice, yeah. You so, agree, David? So I do. Yeah, it's it's. Um, I don't. It's it's. I I I read comics to escape, and and I don't need to you know worry about certain things when I'm doing it. So I, uh, I yeah, I I tend to step away or or read things that I am going to enjoy. So. Yeah, I, uh, I, go, go ahead. ahead. No, please go ahead. Oh, I was I was going to bring up uh, the uh, uh, another EOC live tweet. 
Do it. Uh, I like the one right below it from, from Next Man. Oh, I was going to bring it up. I was going to say it's a unique question. I know. I, I love it. It says, uh, uh, EOC live tweet. How about a little taco talk, uh, muchachos? Of course, talk comics, but what taco is your favorite? Mine? Al Pastor with pineapple. So what's your all's favorite taco? I'm a traditionalist. I'm, I'm, I'm cool with the, with the regular standard style, uh, I'm interested. crunchy shell. Oh God. God. I know I, I, I can go soft, especially with a nice steak taco, but I'm, like I said, I, I, I tend to like the, the crunchy shell. Okay. For, for, for me, this is easy. In fact, I just, uh, just today asked my partner at work, because he was coming in with uh, lunch, and he said he had just hit the food trucks. And uh, I've been, much like Chris, so into eating ridiculously healthy the last few months that uh, I haven't even – I almost never go out for lunch. Mm-hmm. And uh, he, he came in, and he was like, oh, there's a bunch of new trucks. And my first question was, do they have any taco trucks? And he said, I don't know, because he doesn't really like tacos. And I just have been craving one of my favorite dishes good in the taco. world yeah. are good fish tacos. Oh, I love yeah. fish tacos. Hell yeah. Um, uh, I, unlike David, I prefer a soft shell, um, but corn, some nice corn, corn tortilla. Yeah, corn, that'd be great. Nice, but nice big chunky pieces like mahi mahi, something like that, with mm-hmm. a you know a little bit of uh, guac and some citrus. Oh, forget it. I mean, I I can't get enough of them. Love, you, love, you, love fish. Tacos. Do you like your fish tacos with the the fish um, fried? Well, white, I, white, I mean, white white batter. I love fish tacos of really any kind, like any any well-made I love. So I definitely don't mind them. But I think for me, take a little bit – like I, I'd rather have like chunk – like not fried, like little – like, you mm-hmm. know, broiled, sort of fresh and then have like the crunch come from yeah. somewhere different. You know, maybe yeah. like some – you know, a little bit of lime juice, some slices, uh, maybe a little bit of slaw in there, you know, just some like cabbage nice. or something like that. Nice. That would be awesome. Yeah, so, I like them either way. I like them with the – you know, the um, – uh, broiled or or uh, white a white you know uh, fry on them yeah you know just yeah. a little, just enough to give them a little bit of a crunch but yeah fish tacos are great I have um I'm gonna be a, a weird uh, um, um, foodie as usual uh, there's a place right around the corner from our house uh, that is a um, it's owned by uh, a Latino gentleman and a Korean gentleman. Um, my neighborhood borders Koreatown and a very Latino neighborhood. And so they have amazing kimchi tacos. Oh, yes. They're awesome. I told you my kimchi story, right? I'm sure I have. No. No, I ha- I'm sure I have, but you, it's probably been so long. So one of my best friends to this day, but I grew up with him. We, went to, we, were co- we grew up together. We were college roommates at Penn together. And then we've stayed friends. He was in my wedding. Uh, my buddy Sean, he is uh, – his, his dad's black and his mom's Korean. Mm-hmm. And his mom is to this day one of the best cooks I've ever had the pleasure of knowing. You know, um, being like – you know, my dad and I were kind of bachelors in high school. You know, he, he was divorced and, you know, out in mm-hmm. the so, – so I was – needless to say that I was never one to not pass up like a, a eating dinner <laughs> at one of my friend's houses. Yeah. And, and my, my friend Sean's mom was – one of those moms that just lived to cook for like sure. people. She just sure. so we would be over at his place either swimming or shooting pool or playing Sega Genesis, and she'd just be like, two seconds later she'd be like, "Boys, you hungry?" And like if one out of like ten of us was like, "Yeah," in like three <laughs> minutes she magically whipped up delicious burgers, homemade uh, egg rolls, and then like with sides of like kimchi, right? Mm-hmm. Well, one time. 
back in the day, we're, we're playing, we're playing, uh, just throwing a football around in, in, in my buddy's backyard. And my buddy goes back to catch, he's going to catch, catch the ball, you know, trying to go out for a pass. And he like, it looks like he twists his ankle real bad and like, like crashes. Oh no. But, well, it turns out that his mom made her own kimchi. Yeah, he, fell in, the, he, know, yeah, he fell in the kimchi hole. Yeah, for those that don't <laughs> know, kimchi is really sour aged cabbage. Fermented cabbage. Yeah. Fermented cabbage, right. And so the way it's made traditionally is in these clay pots that are then buried under the ground so they can ferment. Well, my buddy was running and I guess it wasn't buried deep enough and he stuck his foot in the right spot and his foot collapsed into a big giant vat of kimchi. Oh, God. So I'm a big fan of the kimchi for sure. <laughs> Even after seeing the process, well, I was fan of that particular vat, but yeah, but that's quite tasty. Yeah, that is funny. I don't think I've ever heard that story. So okay, it's, uh, but that's that's hilarious. Yeah, it's uh, kimchi is something that it it took me a little while to uh, acquire a taste for it. Mm-hmm. Um, but let me tell you, next time you come to come to Chicago, we will go and get kimchi tacos. Nice, they are delicious. This isn't really a, a live tweet, but I, I think it's a perfect thing for the three of us to riff on. Um, I was listening to the No Apologies podcast uh, today, mm-hmm. which is, uh, as I've mentioned before, it's a really fun podcast for people that uh, aren't listeners. It's uh, Chris Campbell, our good friend, and uh, Con Rumi uh, is one of the hosts, as is our buddy Daryl Taylor, uh, Chris Kaziki, Tom King, uh, Raphael Sands. Um, uh, I know I'm forgetting a couple of people. Um, uh, Juan Castro, I think that's the main crew, but, um, regardless, it's a lot of fun. And I have to say two things. One, um, they're on episode 135 and they finally got, um, a couple of the guys finally got like new mics Mm -hmm. and it's like the show from a technical perspective just went from like a five to a, to a 10 because as much as I have listened to the show and enjoy it very much, a couple of the guys are really hard to hear quite often. So they sound great now. So those people that I, there are plenty of people out there that that regardless of a show's content will not you know give it a try because they don't like the audio issues, and that's perfectly fair. So if anyone gave that show a try and were put off by the audio issues, I would say give it another try. But 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 more importantly, for the context of of our talk, um, Chris Campbell's usually on his best behavior on the show, but in episode one thirty four, he got lit up. I mean, like <laughs> Meatsman, Kentucky Bourbon Bender style Ooh. lit up. And he was a super happy drunk, but he was drunk. That's funny. And, uh, and they got to riffing on a subject where um, Chris made the following statement. He said, issues numbers 48 through 60 of Fantastic Four, you know, the, the, the Kirby Stanley, you know, mm-hmm. back in the day, mm-hmm. is, in his opinion, the single best one year of comics ever. Period. End of story. Now, a lot of people not, will not disagree with him. Right. Now, I'm not suggesting we agree or disagree with that in particular. That's a very personal opinion. But when I heard him say that and then they were all kind of talking about it, I thought, what a fantastic topic. What would we say are our favorite like, like comic book runs in like a single comic, not like cross – you know, like uh-huh. a comic book run? And it doesn't have to be a year, but I was just thinking like what would my answer be? What would I say is wow. like the best comic book like, like arc – in 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 my thirty years of reading comics, like what would be my response? And I figured you guys, I would pose that question to you guys. Wow, that's a uh, that's that's my answer to that will be different tomorrow than it is today. Sure, absolutely, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, I I think the um, entire 
um, Electra saga of Miller's Daredevil run is, I mean, that's something that I would like, you know, be buried with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's so good. Yeah. I, I figured you might say that, or I thought you might say New Frontier. Yeah, but that's not really a run. I mean, that is that's a that, that's, it's, that's it's, a contained it's a, series. Yeah, it's a it, it's a yeah. Why? Well, that's right. I guess I was just maybe I'm, I mean I was just thinking like best storylines. You know, like oh. like like but in like one book though is what I meant. Like so not you know not secret not you yeah. Know, well, I mean we're not gonna say like Watchmen, Dark Knight. Well, you know, Watchmen blah, blah, blah. was my first thought mm-hmm. in the sense that it was tw- it was a it was one year of stories. Right? It mm-hmm. was it was and 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 in the context of their conversation, you guys don't have the benefit of. Of having heard the conversation, you know his statement was that, that he thought that was the best one year of comics ever, and so my official thought was what would be my answer to that, and I thought, well, damn, I mean, it'd be hard for me to say anything other than Watchmen because I do think that well, the, be- the best, the best one year of comics in certainly the modern age is nineteen eighty six. Well, and that's, no, again, yeah, he, yeah. he meant like I mean, like the like, one work, like yeah. a one year's worth of work in a, com- oh, okay. in a single yeah. comic, you know. Um, so Watchmen would have been, I think, the first thing that came to mind, but then I thought, well. Yeah, true. Like, like I. But if I was thinking more, like in terms of again, relative to his point on Fantastic Four being within an ongoing series, right? And I had to turn my attention to uh, Dark Phoenix Saga because you know, being a Marvel kid, yeah. I mean, that was issues one twenty nine through one thirty seven, just roughly a year. And you know, for me to this day, the reason the X Men, uh, along with the Avengers, are my passion is because of that period of time. Now I was reading. You know, maybe a year before that, but when that when that when that arc started, I mean, that was the crescendo for me. That was like that's oh, what yeah. made Claremont and Byrne and Austin gods to me. And, and it was really, as I think I've mentioned many times in the past, one of the first times that I actually took notice, along with the Simons and Thor stuff, of the creators at play. Like I actually started noticing, like, oh, like there's specific people do comics in different ways. And this Dark is, Phoenix know, Saga made a lot of people, not just comic fans. It's like this is what I'm going to do. This is my hobby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so that would be my answer, I think, is just Dark, Dark Phoenix Saga. And then Watchmen on the DC side, because I just think that's probably is still up there for me as the best comic, like, collect, you know, comic of all time, I would, I would argue at least right up there. And then, like, on the, I guess if I had to throw, like, a, an independent out there that, you know, that's a non-Marvel DC, I mean, it gets a little tougher, but I think, um, you know, I, I hmm, I mean, I, I might even go with like a mouse on that. To be honest with you. How, how many wow. issues? How many issues was Born Again? Uh, Born so, Again. Okay. Was, uh, well, it started what two twenty seven, right? Because yeah. I think I have that. Yeah. Uh, like so thirty three. So what would that be? Seven, yeah. eight, nine. So, yeah. So seven issues. Not, yeah. not quite a year, but I mean that's no, so, no, and and plus it was also at a time when you weren't reading part one of seven. You didn't yeah. know. I did not know how long right, right. Born Again was going to run. It, it, so it could have been a year when when I started, but mm-hmm. uh, that would have been on on my list when um, Burn getting the band together with the first twelve issues of Alpha Flight. Oh, that's good. Oh, that's so good, good stuff. Yeah, so yeah, the, and it's still, and it's still good. Hey, on on the X Men thing, um, I totally agree. Those those X Men issues are that is, you know, that is my childhood. And so far in the the Omnibuy, we've got we've got the X Men from number one to what about one thirty? What's the Uncanny X Men? 
Omnibuy up to it's it's into the burn stuff. It is. Oh, gotta pull it out here. Hold on. My question is, when are they going to do the rest of it? They'll put freaking anything into an omnibus. Why have they not finished that that run? Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I mean, it's a great question. I've thought about that too. Like, I don't know how they they go about. Um like choosing because they do do like you know they'll do yeah. like an ecstatics right yeah i mean they're they're like in they're Excalibur, into you know they're like in yeah they're into the 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 dark phoenix like they're they're up to issue 131 i mean it, it they need to they need to get up into the paul smith stuff it's like come on guys do it yeah no it's true i mean and then even like they they did the they've done two volumes of the jim lee x-men omnibus yeah and they've they've obviously done the the old school the you know the original stuff uh, up through the re, up through you know straight they did the whole thing yeah. up through sixty six it's it's, it's up to up to yeah. giant size one you know yeah so, so um, yeah it's a good question I mean there like, must be on. some reason I don't know was there maybe like a, I can't remember was maybe a licensing issue I don't know yeah because that, know no because that stuff is all out there in Marvel yeah. Masterworks true true so Man, essentials. Damn it! Yeah, it's in Essentials and and Masterworks, and I'm sitting here and, and for me, looking at my bookshelves, that is a huge gaping hole. It's like where are where are the rest of the comics of my childhood? Damn it! So yeah, so I want those to be make that happen for me, Jason. Who else is on your list, David? Uh, Hard traveling heroes. Oh, nice. O'Neill, and Adams. Yeah, definitely. Um, I got a good one. What you got? Planet Hulk. See, now I wouldn't. I would for all time. I mean, I love that that series, but whew, all time. I could. I hey, mean, it's twelve. It's twelve issues. Is it okay? I don't know. I I, yeah. I, I, never, I haven't counted. I don't. It was don't. it was twelve twelve of the best Hulk issues that I. It made me read Hulk, and <laughs> I was excited. I looked forward to each month for that book, and it was it was awesome. No, you're right. See, I I absolutely loved uh, the Peter David run, whether it was um, Del Cione or oh, well, even well, yeah, yeah. But I mean, well, that yeah. wasn't God, that was that wasn't that wasn't twelve months. That was ten years. That was right, but that's what I'm saying. So I mean, you had you had him go from Del Cione, Gary Frank. You had um, uh, uh, Liam Sharp on there, but there were. You had the whole um, the whole storyline with 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 the the split personalities and mm-hmm. and the, the abuse from his father and things like that 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 David really had time to go into. So yeah, you could you could pick a year's worth of Peter David Hulk and, and have yeah. a real good solid storyline. Hey, not for uh, not not to get off track. I don't want to I don't I don't want to derail you. Um, but but I, I just you know you. Isn't it amazing? Like Peter David deserves more credit, dude. Like yeah. he in a, in, a, in a world where where guys don't don't stay on books for very long. Like yeah. Peter David's wrapping up a what a twelve year run on X Factor, God, which I think it's safe. Years. To, yeah, he's he's Jeez. had the definitive run on X Factor. I think, frankly, he's had one of the two, if not the definitive run on, on Hulk, at least in the modern era. Mm-hmm. And he's, in my opinion, had far and away the best ever Aquaman run. Um. Like I like that's impressive, dude. To like yeah. how many how many how many creators can say they've had like the definitive runs like that last Claremont. like decade? Oh, yeah, yeah. But the, you know, you, know, you know the stuff he's done, Fallen Angel, which you know there are people that that 
love that book. Um, or by J.K. Woodward. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, the stuff that he's done um, working in prose. I mean, Peter David, the guy's been prolific in, yeah. in addition to being quality. And you're dead on about X Factor. I mean, there was a time where I, I, X Factor was the best book that Marvel was putting out for a while. Yep. Yeah. yeah. It was almost like it was its best book. Best kept secret. Oh, it was and it the still best is, secret. I think, because you know, even now, they, I mean, it's wrapping up. I think, uh, you know, I know I have either I have the last issue of my Regina or it's coming soon. But mm-hmm. I think two sixty seven yeah. or whatever is the last one. But um, but uh, but nevertheless, I mean, it's still very very good. And I mean, nobody really talks about it anymore. But but it's and he's, he's a fantastic artist over the years. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But uh, I'm sorry, we derailed you because you were talking about other runs. I just but when you mentioned Peter David, I thought, damn, you know, this dude, he he and like see yeah. guys that. Don't get the props that, that I think they deserve. Well, the first time um, Peter David was on X Factor, where you had the, the Larry Stroman and then the uh, the, the Joe Casada run, um, I don't know how many issues that was, but the whole trying to figure out the uh, the traitor, and it was after the whole um, uh, they were turning X Factor into the, the the mutant government liaison team. Yeah, sure. That was fun stuff. Um, there's uh yeah there I mean there's the whole um uh hobgoblin era when he was first introduced on Amazing Spider-Man thanks to Stern and DeFalco um there were uh I really enjoyed um the uh the the first year or so of the the Giffen Demetrius Maguire uh Justice League um there really have been and and even when when Hal gave up the ring and uh, leading up to that always been hell. Leading up to the the crisis on Infinite Earths, and and uh, Guy Gardner was pretty much the sector twenty eight fourteen GL. You had the uh, you know when 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 Hal was kind of finding himself, and and he wasn't a lantern. That by Engelhart that went on for a while. Um, it's, it's not yeah not not a full year, but um, just on sheer you know, tour of. Uh, tour de forceness, uh, the Barry Windsor Smith run on Wolverine. Oh, the Weapon X stuff. Yeah. The the yeah. Marvel Comics presents. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Mm-hmm. How about um, I mean uh, the Love and Death arc f- for in Saga of the Swamp Thing by Alan Moore. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. You know, uh, yep. trying to think of other ones that came to mind when I was listening to them. Um, uh, well, again, I mean, you might not, this might, because it's only six issues, but I mean, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, that first arc, you know, which I think took, mm-hmm. didn't it come out every other month or did it come out every month? That sounds about right. I've got them all in collections. I mean, your Mr. Avengers guy, did did the Avengers ever have like a yeah, year? Yeah, Roger where Stern, the, John Bushima, Tom Palmer. Where oh, that yeah. was just kind of like, just yeah, I mean, the evil yeah. stuff. Oh, there's been, I mean, yeah, that's, I mean, for me, like, uh, uh, there was the Under Siege arc, which, which, you know, John Buscema's as, you know, I mean, that was, that uh, was it. Yeah, Avengers 270 through like 270, like, is it seven or eight? Like r- roughly a year. The worth. female I mean, yellow jacket and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. That yep. was, it was called Under Siege. That was awesome. Um, there was, uh, I Free mean, Scroll War. Free, oh, of course. Yeah. yeah I mean, that's probably, and you know, I have to say, I mean, to be really honest, I, I, um, whereas I think Under Siege still reads well. I, I think Free Scroll is, reads a little dated now. Well, they, like it's not, yeah, sure, sure. but it is just for its historical significance. Awesome, and that was that huh. was read, issues, read the uh, Dark Phoenix saga. No, no, you're right. No, you're right. It, but uh, that <laughs> was Avengers eighty nine through ninety seven, mm-hmm. um, and that's been reprinted a million different ways. Um, 
Uh, and, and then, you know, again, um, it seems like it's a little bit of a trope to always mention this, but it's, I mention it because it's worth it, is Avengers Forever. It's fucking ridiculously great. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, mean it's, that, it's, again, I mean, that, that falls into the whole new frontier uh, reign where, where it's realm, where, where it was a finite series. and um, But it's still, it's still 12 issues of, of great shit. The uh, uh, Tony trying to get Stark Enterprises back. From mm-hmm. uh, Stain, lead, leading up to issue two hundred, that was—I mean, it had beautiful art by by Mark Bright and and company. And uh, there has been—I mean, uh, see, the, but I mean, the Corvax Saga, great, loved it, right? I, okay, I mean, off, off the off the rack, I love that. Um, again, I can't tell you whether that uh, that aged well because I don't—I don't. It's been a long ass time since I read it, but I yeah. I remember loving it at the time. Oh, you'd have to say, you know, the the Neil Adams run on on Batman—that probably would have been. You know, he was strong in there for about a year or so. He just didn't do a ton right. of interiors. But, you know, certainly the, um, oh, the the story with uh, with Ross. Yeah. yeah. The, um, that, the Priest Black Panther run, the last year of Power Man and Iron Fist oh, by Priest and Bright. Man, the Priest Black Panther run is so underrated. That needs to be reprinted. It's so does. underrated. I've got that. It's sitting on my shelf right now. I will never eBay that thing. It yeah, is I, so. I have. Good. I have the issues. I'm not gonna. Yeah, those the, those stay. I I have like a little drawer full. Not even that little, but it's it's drawer full of just of of Priest stuff. Whether it's mm-hmm. the Ray and Quantum and Woody and Black Panther, it's it's that stuff will never get sold. Agreed. Yeah. yeah. I mean. Uh... No, I mean, yeah, uh, I'm trying to think if there's anything else that I feel like needs to be mentioned. See, it hasn't, there hasn't been a whole lot. I mean, could we say, could we see the Paul Dini run from Detective Comics pre-52? There there hasn't been a lot of stuff in recent years that, at least that I've read, that, you know, I would qualify as saying, you know, what was the best year of comics for for this particular, everything I'm, I'm mentioning is all, Stuff from yeah, you know, sometimes it's got to get a little time, you know, under it, you know, and and you know stuff that yeah, stuff so you that, can look back on it. Yeah, it's, yeah, you know, and there's a lot of stuff that yeah, everything everything became in in comparison to what we've been talking about. Everything became very arc driven, and so right. they they weren't twelve issue arcs; they were six issue arcs, and mm-hmm. you know, hey, Mark Miller did a great twelve issues on on Wolverine. In you know in the early part of the of the last decade, and you know I, I it's one of my favorite works that that Miller has done, um, but it's two it's two stories that are kind of stitched together. So yeah, it's kind of hard to say. Oh yeah, you know this a year at I mean how how often does a creator stay on a book straight for a year? Um, here's one, um, the Brubaker Fraction Aja run on iron fist yeah i think we'll go That's down as, as a definitive run on that on that character that that it really brought that character back from near obscurity i mean again it wasn't a year but in terms of i mean it's year not a one, year wasn't it no no i'm saying another one is, is year you know batman year one I mean, oh that yeah was, yeah sure that was uh what four issues four 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 to four oh eight Okay, five issues. So yeah. No, I mean, no, no, no. I'm sorry. No, not four oh eight. It was uh, it was seven. only four issues. But yeah, four yeah. seven. So I mean, that's uh, you know, I mean, and that was people see. It's funny. Like I think now, like 
I wonder how many how many uh, like younger uh, listeners and readers remember that or realize that that was just in the in the main book. Because yeah. yeah. same was, thing with Born uh, Again. Yeah. Um, one um, uh, John Burns Man of Steel going into Superman action comics and, and Adventures of Superman and Adventures of Superman. So you had, I mean, that was a really good year for Superman. Mm-hmm. What's oh my gosh! I saw the funniest um, meme today on uh, on Facebook. It was uh, it was an image of Superman um, killing people from like the movie and in the mm-hmm. comics, okay. and uh, and the uh, the tagline was um, I'm starting to understand what Lex Luthor was warning us about. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I did want to mention another image number one, uh-huh. uh huh, which is the wake. But oh. then I realized it's not an image book; it's a vertigo. No, book. it's a vertigo book. Yeah. <laughs> so I have to. Be, I, or there you go. I have to give DC props. It's been a long time. Yeah. <laughs> oh. And, and, and speaking of, it sounds like it sounds like Vertigo is actually going to have some new comics coming yeah, who out. Who knew? Who knew? It looks it's like, like the, the, yeah. The Shel- 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 Shelley Bond actually has a job to do. Now I have to say, it feels a little weird that Astro City is now a Vertigo book. Well, yeah, it's not like be, I know there's not going to be wild, not going to be a wild storm book. Yeah, it just feels a little weird. But no, the wake. I'm sorry, I, I said image earlier. I, it's actually a vertical book, so I don't want to give them short mm-hmm. shrift. But, mm-hmm. um, but Scott Snyder, writer, uh, Mr. Sean Murphy, uh, illustrator, um, really, really cool man. Like I, I, I really I liked the first issue. Yeah, I thought the first issue was a blast. And you know, yeah. I love, I love underwater stuff. Um, there, as I said on Twitter, there is a. Uh, Did you a, ever read Fathom? No, no, I have not. You, I have not. Uh, check if you can find it. Read the read the first twelve issues of Fathom. I don't, I don't think it's so hard to find, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> I really like, and I mean, it was it was of that that time. Uh, but I really liked Fathom when it mm. was coming out. I don't know how well it's aged, but uh, check it. it Read Fathom. You might like it. There is a uh, there is a, a two page splash in this first issue um, where the the main protagonist, who's a marine biologist, is uh, is is uh, out in the ocean on a little raft, and then right under her is a is a uh, humpback whale coming to surface. That's a great and, page. Uh, I love as everyone that knows me knows. I'm a huge whale fan. I actually have a one on my arm. It's proof of that. Um, and so I saw this page and I thought, oh boy. You know, because I do own some Sean Murphy art, and um, and and uh, you know, I thought I saw this. And I said, "Well, it's a two-page splash, but it's a two-page splash with a whale and a bunch of non-costumed human beings. Like, it's not like you know, it's not Batman, it's not American Vampire." So I thought, "Well, damn, this might actually be a page tailor-made for me to procure because who else gives a shit about whales, right?" Huh, apparently, but, somebody else does. <laughs> yeah, well, it is for sale. It's it's uh, his his rep uh, is uh, essential sequential. Um, but it's eighteen hundred dollars. Whoa! So you you so, like whales? You don't love whales? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I love whales. Don't get me wrong, but I, I yeah, that's a lot. That's a lot of that. Yeah, that's so, a lot of that's a lot of cool. A hell of a page though. He draws a a beautiful whale. I have to yeah, give him props. Yeah, apparently, 
Uh, <laughs> oh, the only and, and I'm just gonna give him a little frontation is that the one thing I have to say, and I loved the book. The book basically it's a, it, it takes you to the future, and it's a it's a basically a uh, almost like sub Diego type of situation. There's cities under underwater, and you're this futuristic uh, Aeon Flux chick and her uh, uh, armored uh, weapon clad dolphin are looking for something and they think they're about to get it and then a gigantic tidal wave comes through and they have to leave the area. Then they bring you back 200 years, which looks to be in a relatively near future and you're introduced to this protagonist and uh, she's doing her thing and she's been recruited by a shady government dude to join a, uh, a, a cadre of scientists to, that, uh, to investigate something. Lo and behold, there's a lot more to it than she's led to believe and she's united with a bunch of other Scientists with different expertise, and they're led to the very bottom. And of different ocean. histories with with each other. Yeah, they're all intertwined, and led to the bottom of the ocean, and uh, and then there's some supernatural sci-fi elements to it once she gets there, and uh, and then they end the book, the first issue, taking us back to a hundred thousand years ago, and the first recorded like cave cave dwellings and stuff. So clearly, this is an auspicious book that they're going to try and span a lot of different concepts with, which I really dig. Um, yeah, I had to I had to flip it back over and say, did Grant Morrison write this? Yeah, no, no. So, um, but but I it definitely roped me in because it's definitely, you know, it's 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 certainly right up my alley in terms of its uh its its topic area. So yeah, yeah, definitely cool stuff. And I, uh, and it's and it's it's pretty. Oh, it's ridiculous, dude! It's crazy good. Yeah, yeah <laughs> it's, it's crazy. Um, yeah, and you know, I went back and I I looked at the cover and I'm like, oh crap, it's all right there on the cover. Entire, it is the entire, and I'm like, why did you know? It's there's a lot of thought that went into this cover, and it actually tells a lot about the book inside. So, you know, before you read it, kind of check out the cover, and uh, and once you're done, go back and look at it. It's there's a, there's a lot of stuff in there. Beautiful cover, but uh, yeah, the second issue is out. Yeah, it's it's on my pile here. Yeah, yeah. I just haven't had a chance to read it. Yet, we but, will uh, we will talk about it next week. Oh, nice! All right, yep. There you so go. I'll get uh, I'll get caught up on it. Uh, which I also want to get caught up on um, uh, uh, East of West. Yeah, you need to do that. It's I, I'm. What issue are they up to? Three. I read the first two. They are up yeah. to three. Yeah, okay. Number three. Yep. Right, and three, three. Some heavy shit goes down in issue three. People live. People die. It's crazy. That's a neat comic. I really like it a lot. Yeah. I. It's. It's unique. It's just it. Yeah, um, I dig yep. it a lot. Yep. It's 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 scratching my my comic itches right now. That and Lazarus are big time. And so, uh, <laughs> one of the biggest bummers is that I read Manhattan Projects in trade, and I'm like fiending for it right now. I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm not gonna read it in single issues. I'm gonna wait for the trade. So uh, yeah, Hickman's image stuff is is doing it for me big time right now. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. Let's see here. How about another? I'm gonna. This is gonna be towards David, I think, more than anybody. Um, it's from the New Boy Wonder. It says, "Are you guys digging Scott quotation marks Slim <laughs> Summers' new look and direction? Do you agree with Marvel saying X Men has always been Slim's story?" Well, I hadn't heard Marvel say that, so um, I don't know about that i mean maybe they have said it i don't know if i do i agree with that i don't there have been a lot of x-men i I don't they missed about they missed about 15 years there where it was wolverine's story (laughs) yeah i mean it were it it was it it, if if scott has been in every issue then maybe i could see that but it it's 
he hasn't. So um, I am I I am digging the look because um, it is. I mean, I'm I'm not going to get the Paul Smith era back anytime soon. So I, I guess I gotta gotta live with what they're what they're doing with them. Um, and I have no problems with the direction. I I really don't. I, with, whether it's it's uh, antihero or just outright villain, I. I am. I feel that it has been a uh, a natural progression of of the character based on based on his environment, based on other things that have gone on in the Marvel universe. I I can't. It would have been it would have been wrong. It would have felt off had he reacted or have gone down a different direction. If he had just you know picked up everything and and moved back to Alaska that would not have that one sit right so this works I don't think they're forcing him to do anything that the character doesn't feel like it did he wouldn't normally actions he wouldn't normally have taken I think okay so So you're cool with him being a terrorist you're good I love you too much to even even get into that whole debate. I'm all I'm all oh, good nice. with the uh, the slim look. Yeah, I I I'm I have no comment. Uh, let me see here. How about um, oh, you see any there, Jason? Uh, let's see here. Uh, um. Uh, I don't know. Does anyone know what the, uh, the new boy wonder also asked? How do we feel about the whole Carol core thing? And I have no idea what, what he's talking about. I'm set up a, a green lantern must be thing? A DC thing. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, Carol was a star Sapphire. I don't know if she's now okay. a member of the GL core. I don't know. I... Okay. Well, we'll have to skip that one. Sorry, buddy. Um, was there a, Oh, this is a good one. Cause I definitely have a couple answers here that come right to mind. Also from the new boy wonder. He's hammering us tonight. Uh, was there a story or a character that you hated at first, but ended up loving or enjoying later down the road? Uh, yeah, Deadpool. Okay. It's, I, I no, I, I never liked the character, but I've 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 found uh, an appreciation um, for the character in later years, where I'm just like, yeah, give it a try, and and yeah, in the right hands, I really like the character. I mean, the first thing that came to mind when I read this was uh, was was uh, Morrison's New X Men. When I first read it, I was like, "Oh, hails to the knob!" But but now it's 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 right up there with my favorite X Men runs of all time. So, um, and, and that expands not just into Morrison, but also into Quietly. I when I first saw Quietly in that, I thought, oh, "Hail nah. And now I love him to death. Um, so yeah, still haven't. Lo- decided that I can love Igor Corday like Vince does, but uh, well, I don't think anybody does. <laughs> like Vince does. But, but da- that Damien said. in the Batman. Um, oh, that's okay. That's cool. That's yeah, a character, that's a good I, one. character that's I did not like, and then I'm just like, okay, I I'm loving this character now. Uh, another one. Oh, you know, uh, Hundred Bullets. I mean, I read it. Oh. like I read the first trade years ago and thought. Mm-hmm. Nah, this isn't my thing. And as you know, Chris, I mean, I, I've, I've now read the whole thing twice over in the last three years. I, it's it's one of my favorite works it's ever. Comic crack. It's so, so good. Yeah. Uh, and I haven't read Brother Lono number one yet, but I I, I need to because I'm dying to see how it how it is. 
You know what? I, speaking of Azarillo, I'm looking forward to the uh, Before Watchmen uh, hardcovers coming out. Because uh, the fir- the first one just came. It's in my it's on my pile. Oh, did it? Oh, uh, great. not not his. It's the uh, one the um, it's the Darwin Cook Amanda Connor one. I will. Uh, I'm going to. I'm going to read them in in that format. So because mm-hmm. um, I had them, I started them uh, in single issues, and I was liking them, and I'm just like, yeah, you know what? I'll get these, and they will sit on my shelf, and and I will peruse them. But I hear that the uh, the comedian was awesome, so I can't I can't wait to read that. He did um, what Azarillo did, the comedian, and did he do Rorschach? I don't remember offhand. I know he did comedian, so that's the that's the one I'm I'm looking forward to uh, to really diving into. I've heard on on good authority that it is uh, it's it's pretty awesome. Nice. Uh, so Sorry. Um, let me think here. Uh, oh. Hey, uh, hey, David. Yes, sir. What are you thinking about uh, this Under the Dome joint? I didn't finish the third episode yet, um, and but I do have, I do have a copy of the book. Um, I, I saw your post on the forum, um, so unfortunately, I don't have. I can only go by what. You read from the book uh, and how you feel about the differences um, in the two the two mediums, but the um, I I kind of want to wait until I'm, I'm was, I was already bummed because at the beginning of the second episode, one of the reasons why I was actually interested in the show ends up dying. So <laughs> I was I wasn't happy about that, but um, I. Uh, something seems to be happening pretty quickly like the one cop who's fucking losing it and and uh starts shooting at the damn thing um and then what happens with uh, the, the part i'm up to in the third episode is he he um they're on a manhunt and and they're just entering the right. woods to look for him so um there's some i like the way some of the characters are portrayed. Um, for some reason, for a journalist, for somebody who's supposed to be asking questions, she doesn't seem to be all too bright. But that also <laughs> might be because I'm aware of things that she's not aware of yet. Um, true, true. The, uh, the, but she's also not... And and the whole thing... About, and, and the first episode... Was, was it the first episode or the second where she runs to the radio station to let everybody know in town what's going on? And it's like, that mm-hmm. seems to be... I don't know if that's really a wise course of action. <laughs> now, I mean, now everybody's contained and they're aware of the situation, and I don't think that really puts too many people at ease. Um, but I'm not. Uh, I'm still watching it. You know, I'm, I'm, I haven't gotten to the point where I'm like, all right, you know what? I, I think I think I'm done. Um, I I do kind of want to read the book now, though, just to see. Just to see where you're at, and 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 see if I feel the same way. I I, I the way the story is being told, and and the way some of the characters are are acting, I definitely get your Hallmark movie of the week jab mm-hmm. vibe. Um, I can see that. I yeah. I I'm, mean, my my thing on this is is really an extension of how I feel about most Stephen King adaptations. Is that 
you know, he is such a distinct voice and he's so illustrative in his writing. And, and, and he, you know, again, he's a horror writer. I mean, he, he, he's, he's intentionally showing us the most dark and dank recesses of the human psyche. You know, that, that's, that's, that's the land, that's his playground. That's his sandbox. And yet when they turn these things into TV movies or miniseries, it's like, because I guess they're on network, they, they, they just get neutered, you know, and, and it, and it becomes, yeah. And, and, you know, I think King likes to play with genre. So, you know, although he has had plenty of straight horror books, I mean, in, in recent years, he's, he's played more with mixing other genres in with a horror undertone and, 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 and it just seems like, like they, they take the other elements and play them up at the expense of it being a horror story. And I just, I mean, he's who he is. He's Stephen, you know, air quotes, big bright light Stephen King because he's good at writing horror. Like, so, um, like the characters in this miniseries are like milk toast versions of the book characters who are depraved either on their own volition or because of being trapped. I mean, they do depraved things, you know, whereas in the, in the TV show, like, you know, like for example, like the, the, you know, the, the, the son, uh, you know, he's got this, this chick, this pretty girl trapped in like this, you know, this, this bomb shelter, like but in, in in the book, he's he's psychopathic and he's off his meds and he he murders two girls like right off the bat. Like, I mean, oh wow! And then he's he's hiding them in a in a you know in a in a closet. You know, like I mean, that's like the opening stanza of, the, of an eight hundred page book. Like, so there's no ambiguity in the book about this guy being completely like lost cause. And this is before the dome. Like, this is before the dome even happens. So he's already fucking like this kid is 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 gone. You know, and and like. But yet in this, he's like this strange, like Mamby Pamby, manipulated kid. Like it's just, I don't know. Like, and that's just one example. But I just, um, I don't know. I'm just, it's, it's so far everything I've seen Brian K. Vaughn write for television has not equated to what I see him do on a comic book script. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. Oh sure. I, I don't know. I, mean, I don't. But why should someone that's so good a storyteller in something like comics not be able to tell stories in in TV for formula? I don't know. Now, uh, because I'm not familiar with with how the, the pecking order. When you're an executive producer, I, I always think of a producer as somebody who has the funds available, make sure things get done for the show. Like the show's already been written and everything's set to go. You go to the producer to make sure that everything can come to fruition. With Vaughn as an executive producer, how much writing, how much, how much of an influence does he have in the story, and how many other people are also involved in telling the story? Like he, like if yeah, Vaughn yeah. is involved in writing anything, he may just be involved in writing Big Jim's sections and someone but else. You may- know what? You're, you're totally right, and and I'm I'm maybe I, I maybe shouldn't take my dislike for the first three episodes as a direct admonition of, of Ron, because you're right. I, I mean, he is executive producer. I know from reading a couple of interviews with him, he seems to have a pretty good grasp and hand at the decisions they've made in terms of veering off from the Stephen King book and why they did it. But, but you're right. I have no idea if, he, if frankly, he's even 
even a writer of the show. I, I don't, he may not be. So I, it's maybe not fair of me to, to take issue with him specifically, but, um, and maybe someone else knows better one way or the other. I, so that's totally a fair counterpoint. I just, uh, but, but yeah, I, I, so I don't know. Maybe, but yeah, you know, to see his name attached to something and mm-hmm. you're like, cause I mean, hell, even though he is only executive producer, that could give somebody a reason to watch it. You know, I mean, it's not hell. Um, Deadpool showed up in uh, Ultimate Spider-Man last weekend, and and he's voiced by Will Friedle, who you know, Boy Meets World, Batman Beyond, um, Thundercats, uh, Green Lantern, and and now you know he's the voice of Deadpool. I mean, there are there are different Four or five people why. that would tune in because of that. <laughs> I'm just saying, there's still the connection there. I mean, it, it, right. you still, you know, so. Hell, dude, I mean, you have people who, who collect comic books because, you know, someone may make an appearance in an issue. So there are you – know, Slap there. Yeah, I want to slap them. Um, um, yeah, well, <laughs> but it, it's it, – uh, it's, um, I'm watching the show. It's it's a primetime show on CBS. Yeah, it's on at 10 o'clock, so maybe they could get away with, with some things that they can't get away with. You know when when Mike and Molly are on, but there are definitely um, fat jokes. Well, the, the, oh. dude, we we watched Bridesmaids last week. That movie is it's funny. It's, it's awesome. It's hysterical as it's hell. Really but funny. Uh, and she's just oh, you had never seen it. I had never, no, we've never seen Bridesmaids. Oh, it's hysterical, right? It is fantastic. Oh, you oh, really can do that, okay? Street. It is so. So now I want to see the heat. Because Melissa McCarthy's in it, and someone actually—I saw this. I don't know if it was on um, crap. I wish I could give credit to the website. Someone actually was talking about um, what would be what would get people to see a Wonder Woman movie, and they Melissa had, McCarthy was Wonder Woman. No, not no. as Wonder Woman as Eddie Candy. Make the movie about a candy who happens, you know, and that's the connection to Wonder Woman because you're you're more inclined to have a connection to an everyday woman than you would to you know some Amazonian princess, from, you know, from from an island full it's, of. Women. It's not going to happen. People don't go see I, female yeah. action heroes. It just right. it doesn't they, happen. It's shit. It doesn't happen. They don't. They don't go to. They don't go to westerns and they don't go to uh, to female wed action movies they just don't do well um it, it, see what you think of this um good news bad news uh arrow may have received the summer glow kiss of death oh, oh hilarious yeah she's gonna be a reoccurring character starting uh starting next season why That's funny why is it, is it is it good news i like her I, I do too, but is it is it is it given the show the kiss of death? I mean, uh, yeah, I would say so. Well, she she appeared, so. on, she appeared on one episode of Big Bang Theory. That's still going on. Okay, uh, uh, she. Um, but again, you know, it wasn't a recurring character. She was, yeah, she showed up on an episode or two of Alphas, and that didn't last beyond the second season. Yeah, uh, which thankfully, because that second season, she's like the new Ted McGinley. <laughs> Yeah. Oh my god, how funny. Um um uh the demon on Twitter just just tweeted, hopefully you guys aren't too attached to Arrow. Summer Glau signed onto the show. Nice. <laughs> Who said that? Uh uh Dennis uh Dennis uh Menard, he's the demon. 
on uh-huh. you know, just check your Twitter feed. He, uh, mm-hmm. he, yeah, yeah. He, it's that's so funny. It's uh, um, um, by the way, be- between um, Schudenfreud, between um, Melissa McCarthy and uh, Rebel Wilson, uh, the big girls are having their moment in the sun, huh? Mm-hmm. In Hollywood, like there's some like big girl leading ladies out there right now. Yep. Which is, yeah. I don't know if it's like a, a a new a new status quo, but it's certainly bucking long-standing trend of stereotypes. Yeah. Speaking of movies that, like that people Kathy just Bates saw. all over again. Yeah, well, that's yeah, I guess maybe yeah, I'm thinking really Kathy the Bates was Ka- yeah, you're yeah, right. Kathy Bates yeah. was she cracked that that mm-hmm. leading lady. But she was already she was she was already older when Misery was out and I mean at least at least Melissa McCarthy is mm-hmm. younger. Youngish. My, uh, my wife just saw uh, Pitch Perfect this past week for the first time. Rebel Wilson's in that. But uh and uh that's another very uh, cute movie. If people are interested in, uh, very, very, I thought very, very cute. It made me, uh, made me find Anna Kendrick to be quite adorable. I'm, I'm a big Anna Kendrick fan now, as a result of that movie. I don't know if you guys have seen it, but uh, I could hear, I could listen to Anna Kendrick sing all day long. I can assure you of that. Really? Yes. Cutie nice. patootie. Nice. Not much to do with comics there, but but nevertheless, there you go. Yeah, we rounded, you know, wrapped wrapped it up well. I tell you what, folks, talking about wrapping it up, uh, we should mention that this episode here has been brought to you by Discount Comic Book Service. You can go and get all of your comics and comic book merchandise and apparel and anything in previews through uh, dcbservice.com get uh, get huge discounts and uh, if you're a first time customer make sure to use the code EOC8 and you'll get uh, even better uh, discounts on that stuff so uh, show them some love we uh, we love their business and uh, and in your travels um Showed some uh, some love to uh, to image tonight. I'm gonna continue to do that. Um, Want to show some love to uh, some of my my Chicago peeps. If you're not reading Revival, really you're missing out. It is it is a fun and weird and quirky and awesome book. It is a uh, what's the the subtitle? A Wisconsin noir. Um, it is it's it's a wild read and. Uh, Done by uh, two of uh, two of comics best in Tim Seeley and Mike Norton. So uh, so check out Revival. Nice. Uh, I would. Um, I finished the uh, the fifth issue of Nova by um, Jeff Loeb at McGinnis Dexter Vines, and it, it it is the end of the first arc, and it is it's a really well done intro to character uh, to a high school student who um, normally I wouldn't be a fan of. I have no problem with Sam Alexander. I have uh, I have no problem with how this arc ended. I um, I like the last page. I, I definitely I still recommend Nova. It's um, you know five issues. I don't. I'm sure the first collection has been solicited i would say check it out i um it it really i think it might be one of the um we were talking about x x factor earlier this could be similar along those same lines of of being underrated or you know in a couple years people can be like oh i didn't even know you know jeff Loeb was writing nova or he wrote a nova comic i i dug it i check it out cool nice 
Uh, in your travels, I am going to do something I don't, I think, often do, but um, much like Vince uh, called in some chips a few weeks ago for his daughter's Google campaign. Um, although I don't think uh, every listener to our show also happens to be a fantasy football fan. I do think there's a decent enough crossover. Mm-hmm. And as many people know, uh, um, I am a longtime uh, writer slash uh, uh, associate of football guys. And um, we, this past week, released uh, a new app into the uh, iOS, the Apple's you know iTunes app store. Nice. Um, and it's something we've literally been working on for two years uh, it's it's called the Football Guys Magazine Draft Kit, and uh, it is. And I'm not just saying this because I had a hand in it. It's freaking unbelievable. It is. Uh, it, it's really everything that you know. We want. We wanted magazines to be back in the day when we were first picking up magazines off the stands, and it was giving us an edge over our league mates. This this is. Uh, it's That's really it, the huh? next level. Yeah, we we I mean seriously, it's it's uh, and so I, I only bring this up because again I hope people realize that, that I'm not in the habit of shilling, particularly for something like this when most half of you, if not more of you, could care less about football. But if any of you do care, or if you know people, and I have to imagine most of you do that are interested, all I ask is that you go to iTunes the next time you're updating your podcast or downloading the song, and type in Football Guys, and at least check out the screenshots, read the reviews. And if it looks cool, just give it a try because it's something we're really proud of. Uh, it debuted at number one in the sports apps category. Um, but, you know, obviously word of mouth and positive buzz can quickly vault it up into the, you know, top 10 overall in apps, which would really be asymptotic in terms of the growth that it would mean. So um, give, it a, give it a whirl. I appreciate everyone listening to me shill about a football thing for a few minutes. Um, I'm all so, over it. And then cool. And then um, and then if you want to get back to comics, um, much like last week, um, I read uh, a the second volume of Mobile Suit Gundam: The Origin uh, okay. by Mr. Yoshikazu Yasuiko. Um, this uh, by vert- Vertical, not 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 Vertigo, Vertical uh, Inc. This is a 430 page volume, um, as good as the first, if not better. Absolutely devoured it. It took me maybe like three hours to read this week. Um, and I, I could have gushed about it again for a half hour this week, but I figured that would people would start getting annoyed, especially Chris talking about manga every week. So <laughs> I know uh, when, when our, when our, our, our fourth leg of the, of the table comes back in a few weeks, fresh with a master's degree in hand, uh, I have no doubt he'll want to talk about the, the first few volumes just as I will. So maybe we'll delve into it then. But in the meantime, you can catch up and read the first two volumes of mobile suit Gundam by vertical and uh, like I said, if you go to in stock or Amazon, it sets you back like between 18 and 20 bucks per book, I think, roughly. So well worth your time. Cool. All right. Well, speaking of uh, Vince isn't here, I'm sure no one noticed. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be okay, Dan. Um, he will he will also be gone next week, so you know make you know, plan accordingly, you know, to skip next week's episode if you need to. Uh, but then he will be back and we'll be stronger than ever, and it will be it'll be wonderful. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, in between now and then, read lots of good comics. Remember the EOC live tweets if you're on the Twitter. Uh, it's just the hashtag EOC live tweet, and uh, we love answering those questions. And uh, come visit our forum, which is where, David? Forum? 
www.bullpenboltonspodcast.com. Don't ask why. Just go there. And, <laughs> uh, yeah, guys, have a great week. You too, man. Can't wait Good to pick out my music for this one. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> Can't wait. Can't wait. I might even weave in a couple extra songs in the middle there. Go old school. It's going to be cool. You're going to love it. Vince is going to hate it. <laughs> Word. <laughs> Good job, Chris.